on her podcast, a broadcast of the Arizona chapter of Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services organization with programming for women by women. Welcome to the Counting on Her podcast. I'm your host, Sue, and I'm here with Tiana Ronstad. Hi, Tiana. Hi, Sue. How's it going? You having a good time today? I am. Great day. We are so excited. Tiana's from Tucson, so she did drive up to the studio today in Chandler, and we are here with her today on the first time ever podcast for us with her. She's been a longtime loyal member of WFS, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Now, last time we spoke, we met for lunch. It wasn't too long ago, and you had told us about your story, your origin story. Will you tell our listeners? listeners a little bit about how you got into the industry, Tiana. So I always joke that really it's about sometimes just jumping, right? Leaping. I was in banking and I answered an ad in our local newspaper to create a branch in financial planning. And so at the time we had to pay to get our license and we actually were on straight commission. And it's amazing that I made it through all of that to then being a rep, to being a district manager, to then fast forward, I ended up in the corporate part of that business. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here in Arizona. Fantastic. And what a perfect story and journey you're about to share. We talked a little bit about this at lunch and I'm super curious. So I, I have to ask, we talked about having it all. We talked about doing it all. What did you mean by that? What does that mean to Tiana? So I think as women, we believe that we should have it all. And I truly agree with that. I just know that it doesn't mean at the same time. Mm. So when we think about all, what are the definitions or what are some of the things that we think about being all, right? right? And then you can't necessarily do that. And can't is the word I wanted to strike. So I apologize. But the reality is you really do want to look and say, do I need to be at all right? Right now. Right. And so many of us, especially women who wear so many hats, sometimes I feel like I'm in a circus juggling balls and mm-hmm. you just don't want a ball to drop. That's right. What do you have to tell the women out there who suffer from this having to do it all? I think they call it an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You heard that term used Absolutely. often. What message could you display to some of our younger listeners about what it means getting into this industry and really trying and striving for all of it, but not absolutely reaching it? So I think first, you definitely only want to measure yourself by yourself. Right. I mean, I think that that imposter syndrome comes from us judging or comparing ourselves to others. I also believe that we need to recognize who we are in the moment. So when I think about words to describe myself, so as you are sitting listening, think of words to describe yourself. Mom, friend, salesperson, entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. business owner, wife, mother, sister. All of those things. You can keep going on forever, right? Right? And so when you think of positive words to describe yourself, Mm -hmm. then I want you to take those words and in the moments of your life, be just the thing you need to be. That is a hard thing to do because get pulled in so many different directions all the time. It is. I just have found that I had a lot of help. I have no problem always sharing that. I always say I had a lot of help at home. I had a lot of help raising our beautiful children that are now 18 and 19. And I wouldn't change that for anything. When I was home though, I was a 100% mom. I didn't do the laundry. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I was on the floor with them. So I didn't look at it as amount of time. I always look at what the quality of the product which is me, the mom, Mm -hmm. what am I delivering in that moment? 
And so again, it goes back to, I could compare someone, oh, they got to be with their kids for eight hours. Um, probably not, right? What was the quality worth? Sure. And that's, I think, obviously part of our business where we get in the head. So the thing I will say about our business is that I was young mm-hmm. and I'm blessed that I was in this business when my kids were little. Right. Because you are able to absolutely carve out, I would go in early when they were asleep. I was able to take them to school every single day every single day and pick them up every single day. I didn't miss a field trip. I didn't miss. So, I mean, I think we don't tell the positive side of the story of this business. And it really is. It's a delicate balancing act. And so for women who are searching out a career in finance, insurance, and risk management overall, there are some startling statistics out there, which is primarily the reason why we're here on this podcast today is to help move the needle. That's right. We talk about the imbalance in the transfer of wealth to women and the imbalance representation of the female advisor helping women make those tough decisions. What do you have to say about that? Why I'm here, I guess. Yes, I think it's 18.1 or the female advisor side. It was an investment news. Still very low, right? Very low. I don't know that we've moved at all. And so that's discouraging. That being said, I do think that we are potentially in that 18.1. My hope is that we are creating larger environments for that advisor to become successful. Mm -hmm. We obviously are then showing others that we are here Because when you can see it, you truly can believe it. Right. And then we're attempting to no longer apologize for being here. I don't know how else to say that. (laughs) But I will tell you, you know, probably 20 years ago, I was like, oh, I I apologized a lot for like being in the room, if that makes sense. And I don't apologize anymore. I mean, I earned my place and Mm -hmm. every woman that's listening should know you can earn your place. You have every right to be in the room and you are very good at what you do. And now a word from our sponsor. The Counting on Her podcast is brought to you by the Arizona Leadership Foundation. The Arizona Leadership Foundation proudly provides scholarship assistance to private schools and disabled and displaced schools throughout Arizona with no preference to religious or political affiliation. We believe parents should have a choice when it comes to the education of their children. To learn more, please visit ArizonaLeader.org. You have talked about thematically your journey and you've titled it, do it all, have it all. What is it? What does it really mean in the sense of leadership and rising up to step away from the I'm sorry's to the I own this? What message can you give us? So that really goes to our mantra at our firm is you are enough, you have enough and you will thrive. And when you think about those words, Those really come from a space of abundance Mm -hmm. that you truly believe you are enough, you have enough, and you will thrive. Where a scarcity mentality does not believe that you're enough and is a shouldn't and a couldn't and a can't and I'm sorry, or you don't have enough again. And we can visualize and think about that, obviously, as an advisor or somebody in this business, if you will, versus a client. But think about how you are showing up to that client. Sure. And I know we visited a little bit about if you're showing up with scarcity right? and you're not successful, mm-hmm. you've got to go home and do the work on the scarcity because that's what's showing up. It's the mindset. It, it really is. is. It's the mindset. And so there is a definite attraction and appeal for women in this industry. 
And one of the reasons why WFS was formed 85 plus years ago was to really attract and retain women and grow leadership. So for a young woman coming in now, statistically speaking, the point at which you get in and the obstacles and the barriers to entry are relatively low, but making it and sticking and staying and the succession plan from one advisor to the next is also low. So what do you have to say about how someone gets in but how someone stays successful from a senior advisor with experience to pass along some wisdom to a young advisor. So I would first say that the very first thing you need to do is to do your homework. We are not beyond homework. And so you should see who's successful in your area. Mm-hmm. Start part-time even. Okay. Become interested in what they do, but know their website, know their mission, know their values, know their vision, and see how you can play into it. Isn't it funny how some people don't take those small steps? I don't know what part of where we lost that, but I do feel like it's lost. Yeah. And then look at their LinkedIn. Sure. Do your homework because I am going to tell you we are doing our homework. Right. We are looking at your Facebook. We are looking at your Instagram. We are looking at your LinkedIn. So you need to do your homework on the other side. So then I know I've met my match for lack of a better way to say it. Sure. And then I would just say cheerlead what you know, because I'm older than you. I need you. Right. I need to know what apps you're using. I need to know what apps your kids are using because this industry is constantly changing and evolving sure. and I can't keep up. I'm only doing what I can do to keep up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when we look at AI and we look at chatbot, we look at all the things coming. Yes. It's important for the advisors out there that are 10 to 20 years where you're going to probably retire. Mm-hmm. You have to start engaging that younger generation and asking them, what's important to you? What are you using for banking? Where are you keeping your money? My kids are the ones that came to me and said, mom, there's an Apple savings account. I'm like, what? (laughs) I didn't know Apple had a savings account. I did my research. It's Goldman Sachs. They didn't do the research to do that, right? Sure. So, oh, well, that's an aha moment. So it's things like that, that heck, I don't think they'll ever have a true banking relationship. That scares me, right? Right. On the flip side, how do we evolve? How do we make sure that we're all growing? But don't discount yourself. If you're listening and you're 28, 29, 30, or even younger, please know you have a lot to offer. Sure. And make sure that you just find that, really just somebody that you're uh, you're pulled to based on their website, sure. or maybe you drive by or you listen to the podcast, you're like, I gotta Google her. Mm-hmm. Then look at their LinkedIn. The other thing that's just amazing is we're in 2023 and it doesn't matter where you live. Right. That's true. You're right. Because you have clients just everywhere. wonderful. I do. And I have employees everywhere. Yeah. And there's something special about making that transition from all the traditional tenants that you and I grew up with in this industry that we're hoping to pass on the baton to our future generations, trying to modernize things a little bit and really learn from that younger generation. Right. Like you said, those aha moments, those are little nuggets of wealth and knowledge that are coming from a generation, two generations before and after us. Absolutely. I mean, I look back and I am who I am because of the women before me. And I can only hope that someone is going to be able to say that about me. And the one thing I will say that's not going to change is the relationships. Sure. We are in the relationship business. 
relationships are not going to change. How maybe we communicate with our client, how maybe we do the paperwork, maybe how we do the product, maybe how all the things that I think about in the tech part of my life. Mm-hmm. I've already evolved in 30 plus years from paper and fax machines and, no, you know, a big sure, cell phone of course. to now, heck, it's all paperless, right? So who knows where the future is going to, and I'm willing to jump on that. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in relationships and you genuinely enjoy helping people. That's really all you need. Right. The rest is trainable. And you talked a little bit about abundance and the mentality of abundance versus scarcity. And you talked about it in the pretext of a young woman advisor looking or searching for a career in finance or insurance. But that message translates over to clients. I remember talking to you a little bit about this. Can you unpack that for us? So if you show up with abundance, that client, I can tell you, you pretty much can't say anything wrong. I mean, they feel it. Yeah. They feel that you believe you don't need this, if that makes sense. Right. The reality is, you know, it took me a long time to admit that we're selling. I mean, but we are. We're solving a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So first we're unpacking the problem. Sure. Then we're creating a solution and then we're selling it. Right. And I'm doing air quotes for everybody. <laughs> but the reality is, because I'm still not totally sold on that, but the reality is that is what we're doing. And so if you're showing up needing to sell, mm-hmm. right? Because you're literally mentally in a scarcity mentality, regardless of whether that's a truth or not for you, that client is going to feel it. Yeah. So if you're having unsuccessful meetings, you can't even set appointments, really go back and do the work and figure out where is that coming from? Is that from your behavior of your training from money behaviors from zero to four? I mean, it could be from a long time ago, right, Sue? Or it literally could be right now, something that you're dealing with right now. Something that you're preconditioned to do, those habits, those bad habits that built up. And you talked about doing your homework for a young woman going in, partnering with a senior advisor, doing homework, but you give your clients homework too. I do. Talk about that. So we meet with folks the first meeting, we do not have any minimums. We don't have any requirements. Anyone can meet with us. They have to do their homework though, to have the 50 minutes with us. Okay. And so once they've done their homework, then I actually have something that I can share, right? I have a value that I can then give them and they all get a to-do list at the end and recommendations and talking points. Sure. And then I choose who we hire. Oh, wow. Okay. So we hire the client. The client does not hire us. That is a powerful statement for all our listeners. I remember you saying that at lunch and it turned my head and drew my attention just as as much it did today. So that is a very powerful statement hiring your clients and giving them homework. You had a story about your recent visit to the dentist. I was laughing on the phone when we were talking. (laughs) I know. It's crazy, right? So anytime that you have homework that you've given somebody and they don't do it, right? And I was running late and I called the dentist and I said, I'm going to be late. It was just for a cleaning anyways. And they said, oh, if you're late more than 10 minutes, it's a $50 fee. And I'm like, what? Yeah, they used to do that. I didn't know they were still doing that. I was like, like, oh, I'm kicking it in. Don't worry, I'll be there. But I said to my team later, isn't that fascinating? And so how do we look at folks that reschedule all the time? Sure. And how do we look at folks on what that time is worth? And, you know, once you've been with us, then we have an hourly fee and I have a fee base and all that. But my point is that 
I don't know that I would be willing to charge somebody for missing that first appointment. Right. I think we do have what the message for me was if somebody reschedules though three or four times, we probably need to say, sure. you know what, you need to earn that space back because as much as I love getting time back, mm-hmm. it's not very productive. No, I agree with you and holding yourself and your practice and all your people and staff in a high regard, just like every other professional does. That's right. And really deserving that time and respect. It's very important. And it's, it is lacking. Any closing or parting remarks for our younger viewers out there and our younger listeners on the WFS community? Any parting thoughts? I would just truly, I would say that when I came up with the mantra, you are enough, you have enough, and you will thrive. It's because I watched a TED Talk with Amy Cubby, who stands in front of a mirror with the superwoman pose Ah. and plants her feet and looks in a mirror. And so I do it every single day. And I would just encourage you, it doesn't take a lot. Right. It really doesn't. And as much as you think, oh my gosh, I have all this and I have that, just it takes seconds. And I write empowerment messages with an expo marker on my mirror. And I, I mean, just, I would encourage you just do a superwoman pose. Even right now when we are finished, (laughs) I want you to jump up and do a superwoman pose and just say, I am enough. We'll have to take a snapshot of that. We are doing that. Ladies and gentlemen on the cast, there will be a picture that concludes the series. Thank you, Tiana. This is the best exchange. I thoroughly enjoy knowing you, talking with you and further getting to know you. So we really appreciate all your contributions, your support in our female community for insurance and financial services. Where can people find you? Power Women Investing is the name of the company. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, the World Wide Web, LinkedIn, (laughs) Um, Tiana Ronstadt at Power Women Investing. Thank you, Tiana. Thanks for coming up today. And we will be hearing more from Tiana Ronstadt. Take care, everybody. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. For more information, please visit us at wifsphx.com. Thank you for listening.